I'm M. Sauter, better known as Pints and Panels. And I'm Don Tess, better known as the Dawn of Beer. Welcome to the 10th episode of the All About Beer podcast. Every two weeks, we talk, we talk with leading experts and take a deep dive into one topic in beer. This week, we're going to be talking about holiday drinking traditions, Christmas beers, all sorts of stuff. Our Merry guest Christmas. leader. Merry Christmas. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Happy holidays. Yay. Yay. We've got a guest later, uh, Dame Volek of San Francisco's Anger Brewing, which is famous for, among other things, their annual Christmas ale. But first, Don and I are going to talk about how much we love Christmas beers. Don, how much do you love Christmas beers? Uh, I do love Christmas beers. I um, I always like to say that I don't generally observe seasonality of beer, like people who only drink stouts in the winter or whatever. But sure. Christmas beer would be the exception. The, I really only drink them at Christmas time, and I and I it's and I love re- them. It's the reason yeah. for the season. There's yeah, something exactly. about Christmas beers that are just so. I was actually just at my local liquor store this morning picking up some fancy Christmas wine uh for Christmas Eve but then also perusing the Christmas beer aisle and it's always so vast you know you've got your classics your Belgians your St. Bernardus Christmas your Delirium Noel um but then you also have some IPAs some winter beers some Christmas winter warmers I mean there's so much there's so much that's Christmassy about those yeah. beers. Like, I don't know if some, some of it, sometimes it's just like, oh, it's a red and green can. But sometimes <laughs> there's something about it. It just invokes, I bought a six pack of Sierra Nevada Celebration, which is a Christmas beer that's fresh hops. I mean, it's, yeah, any, anything can be Christmas. It's really more, it's not really a style. It's an ethos, right? Yes, and, agreed. Uh, yeah, I love that it unleashes, uh, it's, it's, a, it's an opportunity for brewers to unleash the, uh, a creative, their creative side. I think so. Do you yes. have a favorite Christmas beer? Um, I do not. Oh, actually, that's not true. I was going to say you've got it. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I'm a big fan of um, uh, Glue Creek. Um, that's oh. G L U H, yeah, Creek. Uh, and I've only ever had two. Um, Leafman's uh, made one. Maybe they still do. Uh, and then a brewery here in Canada called Unibrew used to make a beer called uh, Kelkachos, or Kelkachos is probably the more accurate pronunciation. Uh, it's also a Glue Creek, yeah. Glue, what is Glue Creek for those who are unaware of that unique style? Yeah, so Creek, of course, is uh, is cherries, reference to cherries. And the glue uh, is just a reference to it being hot. So it is a hot cherry beer. What? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that's so interesting my yeah. favorite yeah my favorite christmas i love the belgian for like saint bernardus christmas oh yes Cor- of course course and yeah. christmas uh there's something real i got to judge the christmas beers at um brussels beer challenge this year which was by the ninth beer i forgot how to spell but they were <laughs> so good because there's just i know they're just quads but then there's something about them that's like a little spicy high alcohol warming there it's and then i'm a i'm a huge fan of sierra nevada celebration uh and i love trogues um oh gosh um the trogues is it the the mad elf mad elf love love mad elf i I have a question for you yes Uh, in terms of uh holiday beers do you Mm -hmm. like the uh, because you just named a whole bunch of them i know i was gonna say i just (laughs) i agree and i agree (laughs) with them all but do you like the more uh, Belgian style 
the more English style, like winter warmer type of thing, or the American style, which is American sort style's of all over the place, a little spicy. Yeah. They yeah. kind of lean on some Christmas spices. There's like gin, that ginger, there's a gingerbread beer that Hardywood makes from Richmond, Virginia. Oh, I've had that one. Excellent, yeah. really, yeah. really good. Uh, kind of a proto pastry stout. I just, I love the those dark Belgian beers, especially when it's dark where I live at 3.30 in the afternoon now. <laughs> and yeah, which is like, what? Come on. And it's, there's snow on our ground, the ground here in New England. Uh, we've got our fireplace going pretty much every night. It's a perfect time to open a high alcohol Belgian beer and just, it warms you. There's something about it that's just right. Lovely. You're not leaving the house anyways. So no, 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 it's too cold. It's like uh, for centigrade for you, I don't, it's like below zero centigrade and you know that the it's really windy here right now so yeah. it's chilly and then you know when i'm cold i want quads i'm very the, the winter of quad is a, is actually a real thing in my home and we drink a lot of quads chimay blue and then a lot of christmas beers it's just it's it's great i love it yeah, yeah. they're great for sharing too you know especially oh. if you get the larger format or even the small bottles since it is high alcohol you know sharing those beers with someone that you care about just having a little it's it's lovely it's 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 lovely i will say um i was not not through any intelligence on my part but i bought a a, a couple of cases of that uh, unibrew kelka shows and um they stopped making it i didn't know they were going to stop making it but um so i still have some and when my wife and i were uh dating early on one of the things I did to show her how cool beer is, is I heated up a bottle of uh, Kelka shows for her. And, uh, and so what to your point, think? yeah, but to your point, you know, just sharing. Yeah. Did she uh, like it? Oh yeah. She, and, oh, and okay. so I'm down to like, I think I have three or four bottles left. So we, we, as kind of our own annual Christmas tradition, we'll share one bottle uh, every That's year. Lovely. That's yeah. so nice. I mean, our guest coming up, who we're going to talk to in a few minutes, um, loves to talk about the cellaring of Christmas beer, which a beer they've been making for, what, 48, 49 years? So yeah. it's a great Christmas beer. is also really vintage for the most part. I mean, there's a lot of um, IPAs out there now that are Christmassy, which are cool, too, which are not for cellaring. Uh, but Christmas beers are great to lay down and have a couple, try a couple of different years. And uh, yeah, they're lovely. Yeah. We'll introduce our guest and get into a conversation. But first, if you'd like to help us support uh, the All About Beer podcast, reach out to podcast at allaboutbeer.com. Dane Volak began his anchor career in 2008 after working the packaging lines with occasional fermentation shifts over the weekend. After college and brewing at home, Dane accepted his first full-time job in filtration. This led to becoming a brewer in 2012 and the pilot brewer at Public Taps in 2017. From there, he began to shift into management and was recently promoted to brewmaster. Welcome to the show, Dane. Thank you very much. So you are here to talk about Anchor Christmas Ale. Um, Anchor's been brewing this beer for a really, 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 really long time. Uh, extra really. Um so how how long is really long, actually? So how long has Anchor been brewing their Christmas beer? In this case, really long gets us all the way back to 1975 was our first. Oof. Oof. That's, that's long. Sale. I think that adds warrants like five extra reallys in terms of craft beer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So 
Yeah, yeah. and that also puts us at number 48 this year. So wow. 48. And each have a different label, correct? Yeah, a different label for every brew, different tree on the label for every brew, and different recipe for every brew. So it all kind of ties together nicely. Okay. Does, I have a recipe question. What was? Do you know what the original recipe was like, or are you not allowed to talk about that? I know it's secret. So like, I know I that. I do like, know the original recipe. Um, we actually started the first Christmas sale. This is something that some people do know. We, we've talked about it in the industry before, uh, but the first the first batch was actually Liberty Ale. Oh, oh. whoa! So I didn't know that. And then yeah, the first five years were Liberty Ale and then 1980 is when we start to get into more of what people know of today as sort of the darker beers that um, tend to be including of spices and things like that. Oh, that's interesting. And then it was, and then you spun off Liberty Ale to be Liberty Ale and then it became, is that how that worked? You know, it it was kind of a co-release. Liberty Ale came out in 1975 as well. Okay. And, uh, I, I don't know the exact information, but I can guess that probably a large piece of that was working with the yeast mm-hmm. uh, and and just having uh, a little bit of availability there and being able to brew Liberty Ale and then transition that as a, a Christmas Ale release at the same time. Oh, I see. When does Christmas Ale get released every year? Is it like October? When do you brew it? Uh, we start brewing usually in late June. Um, oh. We're actually brewing it right now. We brewed a couple a couple days ago. We brewed our first experimental batch for twenty three, um, but that's on a on a half barrel system. It's a really small, you know, Sabco Brew Magic system. So we usually start ideating in December, January, and we try to get something really really dialed in so that by late June, early July, we're starting to brew commercially. And then that allows us, you know, we do oftentimes send it internationally. So we tend to sort of go from the, the outskirts and work our way back home by the time we're, we're looking for about an October release. We used to have yeah. a, a little bit of a stricter kind of November 1st was the, the deadline. But, you know, there's always the sales team is always interested in getting it out there earlier and earlier. And, you know, it's like anything else in this world. It seems like Christmas decorations are going up in August. So you know, we've <laughs> yeah. got to follow that with the beer. I'm going to say I get excited when I see the Christmas beers on the shelf in October. But and I like a lot of people do, too. It's not like the pumpkin beers in August syndrome uh, where you're not ready to be have summer be over. I think Christmas is an exciting time. And I think that's why people I mean, I don't know. I, agree. I, I get excited. Yeah. Don knows I love Christmas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So we, how many, how many batches, how many test batches do you do before you're like, this is Christmas ale? Oh, uh, that's a great question. I mean, we usually do probably at least three. Um, sometimes, you know, we're really on it with an idea and it, it's a little bit easier. Other times, you know, we're kind of playing with the fringes a little bit and working more towards the center. Um, but we also, what we've done since we've had public taps open, which has been about five years now, we oftentimes will do a, a seven barrel batch there. Uh, oh. Usually comes out around July. That's another kind of little secret. I don't know that every, everybody picks it up, but I oftentimes when we release that Christmas sale, quote unquote, in July, I'll actually swap out. We have a neon light that sits above the brew house at Public Taps. 
and I'll put the Christmas sale light up while that beer is on. Uh, <laughs> what a seat fun seat yes. that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. That's so, so not cool. Oftentimes we don't include the spices necessarily. So we'll brew sure. the beer without the spices um, on that system. But this last year, we actually did include the spices as well. It really was Christmas sale in July. What a fun, like, sneak peek for those yes. in the know. I love Christmas that. in July too. I like that idea. I love that. Um, uh, how does re- like uh, how does recipe formulation each year look like? I know you do test batches, but like, do you just one day you're in the spice market and go, "I want to try this," or like from from original idea germination? What does that look like? I would say it's sort of similar to the ever changing recipe. Um, we, you know, it. it Sometimes it's easier, sometimes it's harder. The inspiration comes from wherever it comes from. Uh, For number 48 this year, so now we have to rewind the clock back to last year, uh, January, when we were ideating that particular brew. Uh, Our assistant brewmaster, Ben, uh, was he says he was drinking a glass of Amaro after dinner, uh, not too long after Christmas. And, you know, we're both really big fans of of that particular um, spirit. And he just really thought, wow, wouldn't these spices be really, really nice? And our now retired uh, brewmaster, Tom, was also kind of having some rye bread around that same time. And he was kind of thinking rye bread a lot. So we kind of ended up with Christmas Ale 2022, number 48, with this Amaro and rye kind of idea. And that one came together pretty quickly and pretty naturally. But it doesn't always work that way. You know, sometimes it is, oftentimes we start kind of with the malt, what do we want to get out of the malt and that portion of the recipe? And then we kind of go from there to adding the spices. So uh, as an additional example, like the the brew that we did the other day, um, we didn't include any spices in it because we have some ideas on that, but we're actually going to pick up some spices in the next couple of days. And we'll probably just make some, some steeped tea out of those, and then we'll blend that into the beer and that way we can kind of make sure we like the, the malt bill and where that is. And then we can add the spices on top of that to, to mess around with what we were thinking there. So it, it's a variable of, of many different things, but oftentimes food and, and beverage is a, a big influence on what the recipe is going to be. And we also try to consider, you know, the, the last few years of Christmas sale and what did we like or not like um, and how do we want to move on from there. For, is there a like guideline set for Christmas ale has to be this percentage of alcohol with this malt base? Or are you starting from a blank slate every year? It tends to be a higher ABV uh, beverage for us. It, that hasn't always been the case, um, but usually holiday time and these darker, bigger beers, there is a high correlation there. So we have moved the alcohol bit around a bit. In the last number of years, but it does tend to be on the higher side, you know, six percent plus, um, which, depending on the brewery, may or may not be on the higher side. But for us, you know, that that tends to be moving towards the high end of the spectrum for us. But anything's really on the table with Christmas ale. Uh, we can we can have fun with it. It's the one the one beer that we know for sure we're going to be innovating every year, <laughs> trying something different every year. The brewers love doing it, just as much as the uh, consumers love enjoying it so um same uh, is it a special yeast strain or do you use a house yeast uh that would be our house liberty ale yeast okay um, that's what it's always been cool 
that's cool that that it's the one beer so everyone and all the brewers everyone gets a say is there like a survey like that goes out that's like hey i want to see this in christmas ale or does is it the beer there that everyone at the brewery gets a say on is i guess my question yeah we don't have a, a formal process but of course we all we always have our, our daily tasting meetings and things like that that uh that are often fertile grounds for those kinds of conversations. So, you know, generally while we're drinking Christmas ale throughout the season, everybody tends to put in their two cents on what they think and what they'd love to see. And, you know, beer is always on the mind for us. So we're, we're always kind of talking about those things. It's very, I think, it's, um, yeah. um, you know, I'm going to put my marketing hat on for a second here. I think for your 50th anniversary of the Christmas ale, you should rebrew all of the historic batches and release a 50 beer mix pack. <laughs> uh, all, all in tall cans too, right? Yes, yeah. yes exactly. <laughs> that's well, the most it's, daunting it's thing I've ever idea. heard. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. That would be some serious seller work. Um, <laughs> I, I will say though, that's an intriguing idea and, and perhaps something along those lines might've crossed our minds as well. So All right. We'll see. More, to, more, more to come in future years. <laughs> I would love that. That would be amazing. That, yeah, I know that, the first few are just Liberty Ale, but that's fine. I love Liberty Ale. Yeah, I also love Liberty Ale. Um, so you have a different tree every year and it's you've never gone back and been like, oh, we really liked that tree. We should do it again. It's always been a different tree. Yeah, it's always been a different tree. It's a hand-drawn label every year, so it's it's always been a different tree. Fritz used to have a lot of fun, you know, picking out which tree it was going to be. And oftentimes, he and Dave Burkhart would go on walks and find an exa- a live example of this tree, and then they would bring the the artist to the tree, and and the magic would begin. Oh wow! Has, has it always been the same artist or different artists, or how does the so design we, process work? We used Jim Stitt for a long, long time. He did almost all of them, um, but he's in his 90s now and he's in retirement. Um, so we've we've moved on now. Um, but he did amazing work for us all those years, and we really we really enjoyed it. So trying to find people of similar talent and uh, and desire, and we'll go from there. It is truly is a beautiful label. Like it really exactly when I think of Christmas. I think of Anchor just for the simplicity, but also there's something warm about it. It the 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 label represents what's inside the bottle, and that's not always the case with beer. And so it's a it's always a, not to like pat you on the back a lot, but like it's just it's very it's really nice. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Yeah, we enjoy it. Do you guys um, still do the magnums? Sorry, John. No, you go ahead. Yeah, of course we do. Uh, The Magnums are something we're pretty committed to. I mean, there's so many emails that we get every year and it's just great to hear all these holiday traditions that people have. You know, it's it's great to hear people saying, oh, we we always open our Magnum of Christmas sale on Christmas morning as our first gift that we unwrap and uh, start from there. So it's about, you know, four and a half pints in in a Magnum. So it's a perfect, a perfect thing to start the day with there. And how long have the magnums been happen? I, I, I assume it wasn't from the beginning, but maybe it was. I don't know. When was that tradition started? Because they are really beautiful as well. Yeah, that started in the 80s. It doesn't go back oh. all the way, but I, I believe Still. it was 87 was the first year that we did those. 
I want yeah. to uh, revise my suggestion, and I would like Anchor to release a 50-pack of Magnums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that, that's, now we're working towards the gold here. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of work goes into recipe formulation from malt, you know, from the ground up, I guess. Um, and people can just drink it and enjoy it, and I love that. But is there anything that you would want drinkers to specifically pay attention to like the way the spices interplay with the malt or the balance or like what is something you feel might be underappreciated about that beer? I would say probably, you know, the malt bill might be the most accurate in that case, just because everybody does know the spices are in there and there's so much attention that's paid to that. Um, so the, you know, the hops and the malt, the more basic beer ingredients that we're all used to probably get a little bit less, uh, attention than, than they deserve. But I think this beer in particular is one that people do really discern a lot out of it when they're consuming it. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily an unfair balance, but I know that the spices often take a pretty big center stage there. So we we always try to do a, a good justice on the malt bill and the hops always come into consideration as well. Uh, so that's, that's something that people can enjoy paying a little bit more attention to. Right. Right. Can you talk a little bit more about what uh, went into this year's label? Because I'm curious, I have, I have, I'm not going to lie. I've yet to see anchor Christmas on my shelves, but I haven't been to the store in a while. So I'm excited to go out and see it in real life now, but uh, I'd love to hear how that the whatever tree you picked and how it went into 2022's beer. Yeah, this is it's a great label and a great story that we we really wanted to highlight this year. I'm actually holding a bottle in my hand here as I speak. Um, so this year was the blue gum tree, um, which is a, a eucalyptus, and a lot went into this label because it's based on uh, several of these trees that were planted. Uh, a long, long time ago in San Francisco by a woman by the name of Mary Ellen Pleasant. Uh, and she passed away in 1904, but she was an incredible historical figure that just amazing entrepreneur, had her hands in a lot of things, but abolitionism was her, her real passion. And she was really involved in the Underground Railroad. She grew up on the East Coast, but made her way out to San Francisco by the middle of her life. And, um, she actually was a huge portion of extending the Underground Railroad to the West and was very active in San Francisco uh, during the gold rush. And that, so she built a mansion that stood at 1881 Octavia Street. It's no longer there, uh, but she planted her trees there. And, and that's, so you see on the label, there's three trees and her mansion in the background of the label. Uh, and then the, the big tree on the front, the very typical um, large tree in the center of the label but I've really enjoyed learning a lot more about her it's definitely something that I want to find some books about I mean she was just involved in so many different things she was arguably the first self-made millionaire of African-American descent uh, and a lot of people also referred to her uh, in, in very kind terms as the mother of uh, you know the mother of abolition in California that's so cool oh wow wow yeah do the labels normally tell a story like that, or is this a new turn for Anchor? This has been a new turn for us, uh, trying to do a little bit more with this incredible asset that we have. So that that was something really important to us this year, something that we wanted to kind of transition and shift towards 
even more focus on the label and, and the story and how how we got there. That's super cool. I, I, I for one, vote in favor. Agree. <laughs> yeah. Don, I second. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, cool. all third then. Wonderful. Um, uh, I, oh, John, you have a question? Oh, I was just going to ask, you know, I, um, particularly with the Magnums, is, is this a beer people can hang on to and, and cellar or should people drink it fresh? It's always good fresh, but I, I think you can very much cellar this beer. Uh, I mean, we've been at Public Taps. We've been selling some vertical flights the last number of years here. I've always really enjoyed setting some of the Magnums aside. I mean, the Magnums do great because, of course, it's the same crown and same diameter on the mouth of the bottle as a 12-ounce bottle. But similar to barrel aging you know, spirits or wine or anything else, you've got that larger volume with the same level of oxygen ingress through that crown. So they, they do really well over time. And, you know, especially with the spices, it's always a really interesting thing to watch those spices evolve over time and kind of blend in and out of the beer over time. So I always enjoy that. I find, I find it's really fun. Love to have people over every year and do a vertical of, of several years in a row. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, definitely something i would encourage might not be for everybody but i i get a lot out of it and i know there's a lot of other people that do too i was once i know i think the last time one of the times i was in san francisco i think it was 10 years ago we were at a bar and they had a section called ghosts of christmas past and they had 12 ounce <sighs> bottles dating back to 1986 this wow. is 2012 wow. Um, and a bottle I think was $20 and my friend was like, I'll buy it for you. But I was, um, uh, under the weather, AKA very hungover. So I said, no, thank you. Save your money. <laughs> um, but I always think about, man, I should have tried it. Cause I would love to know what that tasted like. Um, and cause I'm a big fan of aging and watching beer change. Cause I love how, yeah. you know, every, you know, you open, you get a four pack of, or like a, a four pack of anything and let it even day to day beer is changing, constantly changing. And I love that. And so it's cool to see something go that far back. Cause that's not really a thing in the beer world. Now it's a lot of like new, next, new, next. Yeah. Fresh, fresh, and you, fresh, fresh. And you guys, you and anchor, you guys have both best of both worlds because you have new next, but you have such a tradition. And yeah. that's yeah. so unique in the beer world, especially in America. It's very, I, very cool. I will go one step further and suggest that if people want to experiment with cellaring this beer, they should cellar both a standard 12-ounce bottle and a Magnum because, as Dane was saying, they they will they will uh, cellar differently. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. See, I, I just will, increased yeah. sales for you, Dane. <laughs> there you go. We'll take it. Um, do you personally have a favorite uh, favorite year? year? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I actually, I would have to say this year, uh, last oh. year, it was last year and this year, <laughs> this year. Uh, so maybe, oh, maybe next year doing. it'll be next year's, but, yeah. uh, this, I think the spice blend is absolutely incredible in this beer. I really, I really find it just so nicely balanced. I think it's got everything that I'm looking for. The bitterness is right where I like it alcohol contents there and balances really well with that you know with that nice spice blend and yeah i think it's it's an incredible incredible beer it it definitely puts me under pressure for next year uh, to try to perform at a a similar level and then i'm already you know already thinking about the big five oh i mean don already mentioned 
his thoughts That's on exciting. that and That's what so we exciting. should do. But yeah, <laughs> um, what's, uh, what's the ABV of uh, of this year's? Uh, seven point two this year. Oh, okay, it's going up because I think the last one I had was seven. So I like I yeah, like a higher ABV in a Christmas beer. Yeah. Dane, you were uh, yeah, on I a personal on that. Um, just on a personal note, Dane, you were recently promoted to brewmaster, so congratulations on that. Yes, congratulations. Um, but uh, you. would you say that this then this vintage of the Christmas ale is reflective of you personally? Then I I just like the way you described it that the bitterness is where you like it and all that. Like, do you feel that this beer reflects you? I, I do. Uh, this this beer was largely Tom's work uh, in terms of formulation, so it was kind of his last his last design of a beer before his retirement. Um, of course, I helped out, but you know he really had a big hand in this as his kind of final send off. So it, you know maybe he was echoing me into the future with his design of, of the beer. But yeah, I, I I I would agree with that. Okay. Cool. Awesome. That's yeah. I'm I, I'm I'm like I'm about to like put my shoes on and go get us. It's is it a six pack or a four pack? I'm spacing I think right it's now. It's a six. It's a, is it a six. Yeah, six pack. I will. Yeah, yeah, I'm already like gonna put my shoes on and go get myself a six because they are they do make a handsome addition to the Christmas table. That's for sure. So, uh, anything else yeah, you'd they like go to just? With... Oh, I was any... gonna say they go and they go. They always go great with the foods that we're eating around this time of year too. That's right. always a big focus for us. So. Do you have any recommendations for uh, for foods, like what people should eat? I mean, I know Christmas has ham, and I mean, it's great with ham, but is there anything food pairing-wise that you'd like to shout out, give a shout out to? Of course, I uh, I can't re quite recall right now what we recommended this year in, in uh, the paperwork that we have, but I think it goes really well with um, some of the gamier meats. I think the spice blend and, and the malt will go really nicely with a gamier meat, uh, but ham ham would be good as well uh, i think it's great with dessert uh, and i or oh. just as a dessert um, you know kind beer, of echoing yeah, back beer's to that, a great that tomorrow yeah yeah and then any kind of creamy dessert would be great with it i think it'll it'll top that off really nicely something mm -hmm. that's kind of simple and well textured and then you finish it off with this really nice frothy spicy delight i love it my my recommendation, I think that the Magnum size Christmas ale pairs wonderfully with the twelve ounce size Christmas ale. <laughs> with more beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The first one pairs just as well with the second one. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, agree. <laughs> uh well, uh Dane, thank you so much for stopping by to talk about Christmas ale. Is there um if people want to learn about yourself or anchor, where should they go? Our website is a great place to start. And then we also just had our company historian, Dave Burkhart, released a brand new book, uh, The Story of Anchor Brewing Company. And I, I have to say, I haven't gotten all the way through it yet, but everybody around the brewery has been working their way through and we're all learning something new every time we, we turn the page. So that's another great resource it's available on Amazon and a lot of local bookshops here. Um, but beautiful pictures in there and I think that's another great place you can go. Yeah, I was not aware of and that. And then, of book, course, so come by you. the brewery. Yes. Come, come get the information directly from us. Where you know, Public Taps is open all the time, and uh, we're doing tours of the brewery again. So those are those are another great place to go and learn more. Exciting. And look for the secret neon 
to know. I know. Uh, secret. Yeah. Go yes. in July for this. Done. I think we have yep. to add that to our. Uh, <laughs> I know. I know. We're every time we have someone, we're like, we'll see you then. And so now <laughs> I think we have to add this to our travels uh, to go to San Francisco and twist my arm to go to San Francisco in July. Exactly. Um, although actually it's cool in July, right? You guys have weird. I went to a wedding yeah, in San Francisco it, 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 in it August and it was like 60 degrees and rainy. Uh, which was lovely. Yeah, our, was our a... real summer starts in, in September. Okay. Oh. All right. You won't have the Christmas ale on though, right? <laughs> yeah, it usually doesn't last that long. Okay, that's all right. right. I like the I like the weather in July in San Francisco. I think it's I think it's it's unique because it you gets it's a break from summer, except you know, that nice microclimate. So wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time and um happy holidays. And I look forward to drinking some delicious Christmas ale very soon. So thank you so much. Thank you, Dane. Happy holidays. I appreciate it. Always good to talk. Don, I really want an anchor Christmas now. Uh, I I want one in July, though. (laughs) Oh, well, then, no, the best thing is it comes, like, in small bottles. You buy it now. Or, I mean, do they have it in Canada? Did we talk about that? I don't remember. Yes. Yes, anchor is fairly, fairly easy to get in Canada. Wonderful. So what you can do is get a get a pack. And or get one of those great magnums, and then you can open it in July. Yeah, no, I will do that, and I'm going to have one uh, at Christmas as well. Uh, in preparation for the show, I checked my cellar, and I have four vintages. So, oh wow, you're going to do a vertical, or just kind of pick one at random? What's what's uh, the plan? Unfortunately, two of the vintages that I have are in the magnum, so I probably shouldn't do a vertical of all four. <laughs> yeah, especially because it is high alcohol. That's exactly. fair. That's fair. All right. All right. <laughs> um, uh, do you do you have some uh, anchor at home? We can we can uh, we can um, have them virtually together. I've got to look for some. I went to my local liquor store this morning, and it wasn't on the shelf. What? I was shocked. You need to find a new store. No, I'm just I know. I would no, I probably do. I will look around and I will find some. Um, because I did say that I would go directly to find some, and then I went and looked and it wasn't there. Ah, so disappointing. I know. I'll find it. I'll find it. <laughs> and I'm going to New York uh, as well. Um, and if I need to buy it there, I can because they'll have it in New York. So I will yes. have one, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> So visit allaboutbeer.com and follow on social media at allaboutbeer. And if you want to support us and throw us a little loot, visit our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash allaboutbeer to support this show and others. If you have any questions for the experts, email podcast at allaboutbeer.com. That's also the email for feedback, suggestions, or to inquire about supporting the show through advertising. Don, how can people reach you if they want to reach out? I am at the Dawn of Beer across all social media channels, or people can drop me an email, dawn at thedawnofbeer.com. How about you, Em? And I'm at pintsandpanels.com and across all social media channels at Pints and Panels. This show is produced by All About Beer. Visit allaboutbeer.com for articles, notes on this show and others, and to connect via the newsletter and social media. Cheers and happy holidays. Cheers. Merry Christmas.